0: The Buck Sexton Show.
1: Agent, you are joining a clandestine meeting in progress. You will now be read into sensitive programs in real time.
0: Do not communicate this information with any other assets in the field. This is spy time.
1: John Schindler, columnist for the New York Observer, formerly of the National Security Agency, joins us now to tackle a whole bunch of news and things going on around the world. John, great to have you.
0: Great to be here as always, Buck.
1: All right. So uh, I just see the reports now that the Russian ambassador who was shot in Turkey is dead. Um, I haven't seen that confirmed by major news sources yet, but I am seeing that by some. Uh, I see your tweet here, John, from just a few minutes ago. I have never expected, much less wanted, my expertise in the Sarajevo 1914 assassination and coming of World War One to be too relevant. Hashtag Ankara. What do you see going on here?
0: Well, it's a heck, a heck of a day. Uh, the Russian state media is reporting that Alexei Karlov, the Russian ambassador, a longtime foreign ministry official, uh, is dead. It uh, shouldn't be surprising. There's video all over the Internet of the shooting. He was shot multiple times at close range at an art gallery in Ankara. Um, uh, he. This actually was his first sort of big public to-do since the rapprochement between the Turks and Russians, who just a few months ago were ready to kill each other. If you recall, the Tur- Turkish Air Force shot down a Russian fighter jet on the border with Syria, and things have gotten better. And now this. Uh, the assailant has been tentatively identified as a Turkish police officer. That is not confirmed, but that appears to be the case. Which would explain why he was able to get so close to the ambassador and there wasn't much security otherwise. Uh, this is a terrible thing. I mean this this is this this is how wars start. And I'm not saying it's going to, but these are the sorts of misunderstandings between states where there's great tension as there as there is throughout the entire Middle East and, and the Near East right now over Syria and a lot of other things. These are the events that can really get out of hand, so let's hoping it doesn't.
1: Now, the way that this is gonna go down, I would assume, is that no matter what the official line is on The background and motivations of the assassin here people are going Mm -hmm. to sort of ascribe any number of motivations to it and there'll be a lot of both sort of conspiracy theory pushing and also uh just people that are are trying to sort of look at what the next steps will be i mean how do you think how are the turks going to frame this how are the russians going to approach this what do you see the various parties involved here doing in response
0: Well, first of all, let's get out there that both Turkey and Russia are countries which love conspiracy theories and have governments that are never really straight with the public anyway, which is a great vehicle for conspiracy theories taking hold of a narrative. So you can expect, as I said, this is going to be the kook kook Super Bowl or world cup of conspiracy theories here this assassination uh... the turks will who are already making dark hints about conspiracies and foreign intelligence involvement will pin this on uh... kurds or and or the gulenist conspiracy which is this this is this uh, leading imam who actually lives in pennsylvania that has become the public enemy number one of the erdogan uh... regime recently uh... the russians for their part undoubtedly will finger jihadists probably presumably isis here we we do see on the footage that is a available That the gunman uh, made a statement about, you know, we're dying in Aleppo, uh, of course, a city in Syria under siege. Uh, you know, you, you die here. He held up his finger, which is a sort of a standard jihadist one finger salute. So the Russian case, this may have been an ISIS operation. Certainly, certainly well could be. Uh, but it, I wouldn't expect the Turks to sign off on that just yet.
1: All right, now let's talk a bit about the. So we'll, there'll be more about this coming out, obviously. And, and yeah. it's really, in a sense, I said this at the beginning of the hour. Anytime someone's, and there's an ambassador who's assassinated, it's a surprise. There's a sort of moment of shock. But given what's happening in Aleppo, that any yeah. Russian figure would be targeted right now, anywhere in the world, quite honestly, is. Uh something that they they must be now obviously even more prepared for, but it is it, not is not out of out of the blue in the sense that you can draw a pretty straight line between Russian intervention in Aleppo and people deciding they're gonna try to even the score somewhere.
0: Uh, absolutely. I, I think no one should be surprised that this has happened. Frankly, I, I am surprised that the late ambassador didn't seem to have any Russian security with him at this public event, certainly not as visible uh, in the footage we've seen and that's been reported without, without confirmation. And that seems to be a very a very non-Russian way to approach this, given that the threat had to be real. The Russian Russian involvement supporting the Syrian regime and its and its campaign to subdue Aleppo and then crush various rebellions in Syria, has gotten Russia enormously bad press uh, in in radical Islamist circles around the world that a Russian ambassador has been shot. To, frankly, unfortunately, shouldn't surprise anyone.
1: Now let's talk a bit about the latest on Russia, and we'll continue to follow this, and we'll have John back when we have yeah. more information, if there is more on sort of the, the background of the assassin and who takes credit for yeah. it. But for now, it's still in the sort of... Hours after breaking news status. Uh, what's the latest on the Russian involvement in the election? I mean, this is everyone is still in this country engaged in this battle. And, and as you and I have talked about it, John, it, it, Russia was involved. Russia didn't throw the election. You can hold these two things simultaneously. And, and yet people seem to want to push one or the other all the time.
0: Right, and this is where both the Republicans and Democrats uh, have are, have decided to adopt a different a different set of lies okay they 'll call it a narrative, but really these are dishonesties. First of all, the trump team and i shouldn 't say all republicans but but the Trump team has decided that Russia had absolutely nothing to do with hacking anyone much less disinformation you have mouthpieces for the campaign uh, like roger stone tweeting out that really the source of the purloined democratic emails was some american leaker maybe it was really nsa it certainly wasn't the russians and this is just nonsense and soon to be president trump is out there saying almost the same thing indicating there's really no russian story which is complete nonsense we know We know, and not just the U.S. government, but plenty of outside experts know it was a Russian front, essentially, who hacked the emails or intercepted them using some modern techniques and then passed in the WikiLeaks. That's not up for debate. However, the Democrats are now engaging in an equally dishonest counter-narrative that it was all the Russians, that, that somehow Hillary was robbed of her rightful prize on the 8th of November due to Russian clandestine malfeasance. Look, we need to find some middle ground. The the facts are these. Covert action by itself cannot create political circumstances. Okay? It can only manipulate what's already there. It was not Russian intelligence who made Hillary run an awful campaign that told huge swaths of the American public they were deplorable and therefore don't deserve our, our compassion and understanding. It wasn't Russian intelligence who made Hillary run a you know, private server for her email to the State Department in her bathroom, thereby allowing them to be exploited by Lord knows how many intelligence services. That was Hillary. The Russians played a dirty game. It was illegal. It was wrong. It needs to be combated. But there's no evidence that Russians, per se, elected Hillary. And the narrative there is so much easier for the Democrats to swallow than actually confronting why they lost
1: I know. know, Later on, I'm going to have uh, Steve Yates on. I don't know if you know Steve. He was a Bush administration official, deputy national security advisor to to, uh, Dick Cheney, uh, also a guy with a lot of expertise in East Asia. And I'm going to ask him, Okay, see, we all know that China seizing the and I'm getting ahead of myself here. We haven't talked about on the show today, but the underwater unmanned vehicle, the UUV. Um, that that's a provocation, right? And then, of course, the question says we need to do, do something. And it usually falls apart a little bit on the do something. right? What's the proper response yeah. to somebody seizing your vehicle? I mean, your underwater unmanned vehicle. I, I want to ask you, what is the proper response to what Russia has done? Because I keep, I feel like one of the arguments that's constantly being made now is, well, we need to investigate because we need better security, because this is about the integrity of our elections. And I- I'm with you. Yeah, Russia did this. Uh, it seems increasingly clear they did do it to to help Trump at you know at some at some point at some level in the game they're like you know what let's let's do more to help Trump than uh, than uh, and and hurt Hillary. But uh, w- knowing all that already, what do we get from an investigation other than telling John Podesta you know don't open a Bitly link in your email that says reset your password? Here?
0: Right. I mean, a couple things. First of all, I think we need a genuine bipartisan joint multi committee congressional investigation just to. Try to bring some consensus here. It's not going to work, but we need to try for the good of of our – of the integrity of our political system. We need better cybersecurity. That's obvious. It's gone in the tank under Obama. We need to take cybersecurity a lot more seriously. But you're never going to stop this. This is normal signals intelligence in the 21st century. This is SIGINT. We do it. The Russians do it. Everyone does it. What we need to do is deter the Russians from doing these sorts of covert actions, again, to manipulate our politics. And that, I think, is doable. If you send the message to the Russians, cut it out. We know you're intercepting these messages. And by the way, if you're an important person in Washington and you're using open email, the Russians, the Chinese, others are almost certainly reading it and just accept it. Probably don't put things in that email that you don't want possibly someone to see down the road. And by the way, Republicans who are currently gloating at Democrats about the embarrassment, all the emails that have been leaked by WikiLeaks, that is to say Moscow, better keep in mind, the Russians have their emails too. And if they change their mind about who they want to back in Washington, this can get very embarrassing for you. What Obama should have done, but did not do, refused to do, shut down efforts to do, was to actively combat Russian disinformation, point out where they're lying, and also send a message to the Russians that they will understand. If their intelligence services are acting in ways that violate our laws flagrantly, throw them all out. We know who almost all the Russian intelligence officers in America are at their embassies and consulates, posing as diplomats, trade officials, whatnot. This is where we, in spy speak, you PNG them, you make them persona non grata, you throw them out. Break their espionage network in this country. That will be a message that Putin, the former counterintelligence officer, will understand loud
1: and clear. So there are things we can do. See, this is absolutely. You know, people, we absolutely. we get into this discussion, and people are always saying, "Well, you know, what what are we going to do?" There there are means of pushing back against this, short of, as I think a lot of people like to say, nuclear war. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't have to be you know fire exactly. fire the Trident missiles.
0: Exactly, and this options presented as, a do nothing. B Armageddon. And that's nonsense. That, that's just crazy talk. There is a language of, you know, this sort of spy war that Putin especially understands. Throw out their spies, start undertaking aggressive operations against them. It has been suggested by some that, of course, we know lots of dirty secrets of how Putin's Russia's really run? We do, by the way, and that we should leak them. We should pull a WikiLeaks on them. I'm not sure that's wise. That really could get very ugly in the tit for tat range. But make it very clear to the Russians: we know what you're doing, and you really have to cut it out right now.
1: Yeah, not in Russia. Not a good place to be a critic of the regime, as we know. That's uh, right. That's all it right. have to do is talk exactly. to Alexei Navalny, any number of other individuals over there, and you find out very quickly there are problems.
0: Absolutely. And, and those are legitimate angles for us to exploit. And there's plenty of ways to exploit them short of going to war. I mean, this, this is just crazy to talk. I mean, we're, we're not going to war with Russia over this. Uh, but we do have to at least give them a cost of their actions. Make it expensive for them in terms that they care about as a disincentive to doing more of it. We can't change anything. The horses are already out of the barn. Obama wants to shut the barn now. Months too late. It doesn't matter now. What matters is where we go from here
1: Six hundred sixteen forty five.